Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. KBB is Kyle Brandt's Basement. Says it right there behind me. That's my co-host, the Ultimate Warrior. You are the viewer. You are the listener. Thanks for being here, guys. I am Kyle Brandt. This is a Josh Allen Tuesday. Josh will be joining us in a few moments. He's right now in the basement green room. He'll be coming in. He'll, he's having drinks and snacks and everything, and we will talk about the Packers game this weekend. Josh is bye week. We will have his review. I'm really nervous about it, actually. We'll have his review of 1991's Point Break, starring Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Remember, he did not like The Princess Bride. He fell asleep. And there's a generational gap here between Josh and myself and maybe yourself. He might have hated Point Break. I'm actually nervous, because if he comes in and says Point Break was like a C-, minus. I have to respect it, but it's going to be so personal for me. We'll get into it, and then we're going to assign him a scary movie to watch for Halloween week. He might not even like him. We'll assign it anyway. But first, guys, we do what we always do here. Let's go to Skycam. i got to track down a basketball so I can keep up the greatest streak. Never mind DiMaggio. Never mind any of the streaks you want to go through. My shooting streak of missing free throws. I hit the ceiling. I hit the ceiling. Did you watch that? I'm just going to replay it. I actually had such a bad arc that it actually went off the, the sound insulation in the basement. That's, we've now at least we've hit rock bottom, all right? This one doesn't count. See, it missed anyway. I cannot hit a free throw to save my life. I thought I was a decent athlete. I'm continuing to embarrass myself, but I will not stop. I don't care, and I will not stop telling you what I love, what I hate, and what is hilarious. Oh, I love what's going on with the Patriots. Isn't this fun? This is your Michael Jackson popcorn gif. This is the other gif for the guy who looks like Jason Momoa. I think it's Jason Momoa. I don't know. He takes the chair and he like, and he uh, kind of uh, releases it so he can just sit down and watch. Patriots are not good at all. They're three and four. You don't lose at home on national television to the 2022 Bears and be good. But the content is good. It's really good. I didn't know that we needed the Bailey Zappi Mac Jones quarterback controversy, but now it is just surging. It is a class five rapids after last night what happened, which I still don't understand. Do you get what happened last night? To me, this is the strangest Belichick moments meeting the media since he didn't play Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. And they're playing the Eagles and they couldn't stop Nick Foles to save their lives. And one of their best, most experienced defensive backs was just on the sideline sitting there. I don't understand what that was still. And I don't understand what his plan was a quarterback last night. In review, Mac Jones starts the game. He hasn't played in three weeks. Fighting through a a high ankle sprain. Gets out there. Runs around. A lot. Looked mobile. Looked healthy. Looked comfortable physically. Okay. Throws a bad interception. Out. Done. You're out. Okay, Bailey Zappi comes in, he looks like Joe Montana for a couple touchdowns, and then when you think it's over, and fuel up the duck boats, because they found their next Brady, and his name is Zappi, and they're going to win Super Bowls again, he was pretty bad in the second half, and didn't get anything done. So, we definitely have something here in terms of a controversy. My question is just, how do we get here? I'm going to try to pull this back for you. So, after the game, uh, reporter Dan Wetzel, who I love, Quotes Belichick is saying that Mac Jones wasn't pulled for performance or health issues. Okay, so it wasn't because he threw the pick and it wasn't because his ankle was bothering him. Um, and that bringing in Bailey Zappi was the plan all along. 
They were always going to put Bailey Zappi in the game, even though Mac Jones started the game. That doesn't make sense at all, for a bunch of reasons we'll get into. Then you think, well, that's the plan all along. Um, one of the receivers for the Patriots was saying, Jacoby Myers, he was saying that he was surprised what? that Mac Jones was pulled. So he, he it was totally caught him off guard. He didn't know that was the plan. So after he says it's not a factor, health or performance, then you have Phil Perry, who quotes Bill Belichick after the game as well, as saying, listen to this. Bill Belichick says Mac Jones' health was part of the decision to play him for only a portion of the game. Quote, that was a factor. So now we're contradicting ourselves, we're lying, we're all over the place. And then my favorite part is at the end of it, Troy Aikman, who was on the call and surely was plugged into Belichick and everybody there, it's a home game for the Pats. So Scott Van Pelton says, there is no question that Mac Jones is their quarterback. He'll be starting next week. Mac Jones is their guy. What do you mean he's their guy? I'm not talking to Troy, I'm talking to Bill. Why, why is he your guy? You just pulled him out. Is it because he just wasn't healthy enough? Because he looked healthy to me. Here's my thought on this. The idea that we're going to play both of them tonight, knowing that ahead of time, I interpret that as we're going to give Mac a few series and then we're going to give Bailey a few series or a quarter or a half. But he had already predetermined that he was going to play Bailey Zappi last night. He says that was the plan. But he didn't start him. That's unheard of. You don't do that in the professional level. You don't do that really anymore in college. It doesn't happen much. That's like high school stuff. We're going to go back and forth with you two quarterbacks. It doesn't matter how Mac Jones does. It's really strange. I think the real plan is cut through all the media, non-answers, the BS, whatever. I think he wanted to start Mac, maybe for football reasons and maybe for bigger reasons. And he was going to see if he had it injury, even ability. He said, let's just put him out there. And if he just starts cruising and we beat the crappy bears, I'll let's just leave Mac in. You know, I'll go talk to Bailey. Sorry, we went with Mac. It was a hot hand. I know I said you're going to be playing before the game, but we just went with Mac. He put him out there and Mac made a really bad interception. He yanked him exclusively for that. I really believe that because if you watch that game, there was nothing that said Mac Jones ankle was bothering him. In fact, on the contrary, he looked spry. He looked agile. He took some sacks and stuff, but he's running, like he's, he's planting, he looks to be throwing fine. I think Belichick yanked him, he said enough of the stuff. Get Bailey in there. Because remember, early in the season before Matt got hurt, he threw a bunch of picks against the Ravens, he, he just, he did not look good. He looked against the Dolphins, I think he was on a short lease and he just pulled him. So then, the night gets over and all the journalists think about their questions and they get them ready, you don't have to be as spontaneous as you do after the game, you meet Belichick today. So today, Belichick starts getting asked the point-blank things. Now, he's prepared, too, because he's had to sleep on it. And in the Patriot way, all you need is one soundbite to keep clinging on as a lightsaber, just to ward off the laser blast. Gronk was hurt before one of the Super Bowls, and he just kept saying, day by day, day by day, day by day. Every single question, he'd say, I'm day by day in my progress. I'm day by day. Belichick had one this morning, and we're going to play it for you. He was asked, Coach... If Mac Jones is healthy, if the doctors clear him, if he feels good, is he the starter moving forward? Uh, again, th that's a hypothetical question. So let's let's see, you know, where that is and what that is. Was Mac Jones healthy enough to play the entire game last night? Yeah. Well, that that didn't happen. So that's another hypothetical question. That's actually not a hypothetical. That's real. 
That's not a, if Mac Jones had been healthy, that's a hypothetical. What you were just asked, Coach, is a direct question. Was he healthy enough to play the entire game? The hypothetical lightsaber ward off of the laser doesn't work there. That was a straight, honest, legitimate question. Was he healthy enough? Well, that's a hypothetical. Mm-mm. That's direct. I do think he was healthy enough. I think Belichick has had it, and I think he likes this team a lot, and he really wants to make the playoffs this year, and he pulled them. And I think he said he's out of there. It was a terrible interception, and you threw to a rookie defensive back on a bad Bears team. You're out of there. What's really interesting is now as we play it forward. Let's just buckle up, guys. Pull the Keep your hands and feet inside the Patriots quarterback controversy at all time. This is going to be fun. Because Belichick's all over the map in his message. I think Belichick might be all over the map in what he wants. I, I don't really see a clarity from him. And if there's any clarity, it's that I'm done with Mac. Get him out of there. But is he going to start Mac again this week? Reminder, guys, this week, the Patriots are at the Jets. Like, first of all, they really need to win the game. This is not a 5-2 and two team. They're 3-4. and four. You can't go to 3-5. and five. Like, you're kind of done. They have to win at the Jets. I believe, and I have for a long time, and I have friends who back me up who know, who have been with the Patriots, Belichick hates the Jets. There's a lot of history there. He doesn't want to ever lose to the Jets. It's a very important game for him. So does he start Mac? Like Aikman says he thinks he will? And if he starts him and Mac throws an interception on the first series, is he out? And then if he's out, is he out for good? Or you pulled him in the last game, Bill. And let's take a moment on that. Mac is a competitor. He's been through a lot at Alabama. And fine, he's mentally tough, I guess, sure. Never mind the coach sitting him. Can you imagine being Mac? I think Mac's 23. And you thought you were the toast of the city, and you go to the Pro Bowl, and you're doing the gritty up and down the field at the Pro Bowl, and you go to the playoffs as a rookie. It's really cool. And then in your really important home game, in the middle of your second season, Pats fans are booing the crap out of you. As you're trying to recover from this high ankle sprain, you're out there, you want to play, you want to start, they're booing the hell out of you. That's bad enough. Fine, you get booed. When they put in Bailey Zappi, a rookie third-day pick from Western Kentucky, you're an Alabama first-round pick. This is West Kentucky third day. When they put him in the place, explodes. It, it was like a rock star had walked out there. It, it, we're in New England. It might as well have been Dave Roberts against the Yankees in the ALCS. It was Larry Bird. It was anybody you can think of. They freaked out for Bailey Zappi. As an athlete, as a human being, it's got to be hard. Got to be hard. So where do you go? Where do you go? If you're Belichick, I don't know why you handled it like, that way last night. It was very strange. I really don't know who you'd go with. And if you go with Bailey Zappi in the next game, you are commit. You, you are done. You're out of the Mac Jones business. It's nuts. And you play the Jets two times in the next three weeks. This is great. It's a crappy team. They're not good. Their the record's terrible. You don't lose to the Bears at home. But the content is really good. I love it. Are you Team Bailey? Or are you Team Mac? And how are you Team Mac at this point? Mac stock is so low. But again, Bailey looked like crap in the second half. So good. We'll be tracking it all week. Let's get to what I hate. Oh, this one's easy. I hate that we had to wait, feels like a year and a half, to see what Justin Fields could do. In a way, I felt like that was Justin Fields' first start last night. That was Justin Fields' first start in the NFL because it feels like the first start that he's ever had where his team and his coaches said, you know what, Justin, let's play to some of your strengths here. I mean, it was really strange. I don't know if you, how much Bears football you've watched in the Justin Fields era. 
It's been bizarre because from the second he got there and the second he took the field under Matt Nagy, the coach last year, he was just a crash test dummy. Just smash him around, run him into brick walls, and then come out with your clipboards and scientists and see what kind of effects that had on him. He's tough as hell, but we have never seen him play like he did last night. 12, 12 designed runs for Justin Fields. Justin Fields, who is 6'3", 230, runs a 4'5". He's like got the Josh Allen type running ability, but he's faster in a straight line than Josh Allen. I mean, it's you, you would run him because you can't throw like Josh Allen. So you run him 12 times they did last night into the teeth of the Patriots defense. It works so well. And the reaction from everybody was like, where the hell has this been? Why wasn't this the game plan in his first start of his rookie year? Why are we waiting for this? I get it. They had a long week because they played Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago. You needed a long week to run Justin Fields? It's very, very strange. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm born and raised in Chicago, and there's something we can all identify with. When your favorite team, or in my case, your childhood team, drafts a quarterback in the first round, it is one of the most exciting things that happens in sports. Outside of the games and winning games and playoff games and stuff, the drafting a quarterback in round one is so big and so exciting because it's a fresh start. And it is really, in effect, like you're having like a sports child. And here comes this beautiful, incredible baby into your family. And you hope he gets taken care of. And you hope he gets the warm blanket. And he gets plenty of food. And he gets a nice place to sleep. And then he gets up a little bit. And he's got the right friends to play with. And he's in the right school with the right teachers. And he gets the right food. It's it, it just... This little thing that you just want to put under the hot lamp and just take care of. Because you see some of these other families, they get a new baby and they turn out to be road scholars and brain surgeons. And like someday our baby's going to be like that. And then you see some other families that draft a new baby and they turn into paint-huffing alley dwellers. It just goes really bad. They just fall off hard times and it's just terrible. Like, not my baby, not mine. And as a Bears enthusiast, a Bears fan, Bears player... Justin Fields was the most beautiful baby they've ever drafted. Imagine you haven't had a beautiful baby in 50 years, or maybe even ever, 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 ever. It's, it's not like the Bears had this awesome Hall of Fame quarterback in the 80s or 90s or 70s or 60s, just never. So when, they, when you're watching the draft and it's one team's logo is on the clock and it changes and it's your team's logo, in this case, the Bears, and you say, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, they're moving up for a quarterback. And it was Justin Fields. It was this incredible baby from Ohio State. And they have neglected the baby. They haven't fed the baby. They're not burping the baby. They're not changing it. They're not doing anything. All of a sudden, you're like, after a year and a half, the baby's ready to go to fifth grade. Why don't we take care of this thing? It's a great thing to watch. And yet, I feel like the baby's already malnourished and all those other horrible things. I, I just feel like it's frustrating that it took this long. And you know who else is frustrated? Guy Marcus Spears. Marcus Spears, ESPN, usually appears on this show in the Takes on Takes segment. He had a similar thought this morning on TV in which he wouldn't even sit up to deliver because my interpretation of it didn't even deserve the respect of sitting it up. Take away, big man. People get paid for this, man. People actually get paid for this, like a lot of money. To figure out things that mm -hmm. are so obvious. I can guarantee you when Steve Kerr goes into a game, he doesn't tell Clay Thomas, 
Clay Thompson, make sure Steph Curry only shoot twos this game. No, <laughs> he's going to shoot threes. We said it when Matt Nagy was there. We said it when Justin Fields was coming out of college. We've been saying it this season. Allow Justin Fields to be an athlete. And no, I'm not going to sit up in my seat. You know why? Because that's the right thing to do. I need somebody to coach me on how to sit when I'm doing TV. And then I can sit up the right way. Thank you, Chicago Bears, for realizing that Justin Fields is an athlete, and that's the best way to get him to play quarterback. Thank you. Thank you, big man. I love it. I love the take. We should have Justin Fields run. And I feel like it's been a year and a half of them saying, you know, let's let's keep you in the pocket, work on you as a passer. It's a a, a young Mike Tyson when he would enter the ring. It's you know, Mike, let's just let's work the jab a little bit. You know, grab a lot, lock up, try to try to tie him up a little bit. Easy with all the uppercuts and the monstrous right hooks. Just just work the jab. It's the sweet science. You're always trying to knock everybody out. It, it, it just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Why why would you ever do that? Young Shaq coming out of LSU in Orlando, always with the dunking. Shaq, let let's get a mid range game. Let's develop a jump shot. You know, let's let's maybe even get you in the corner over there. And the the three pointers from big men. I'm coming. It's the next big thing. Stop dunking all the time. Justin Fields. Why is it always with the running? Run them, run them. You just beat Bill Belichick. It felt like by about forty points. In Foxborough, I've watched a bunch of Bears game against the Patriots over the last 20 years. They never win, ever. They did last night. Mark Spears, congratulations on that take. I loved it. And the Bears, I hate that it took this long for the baby, but finally we got him the warm blanket and some applesauce. And let's go cooking now. Let's go. Let's get to what I think is hilarious. Speaking of babies, um, I'll just put hand up. My kids eat a fair amount of McDonald's. Not a ton, but I would say we hit the McDonald's drive-through two to three times a month. I don't know if that's low. Maybe my wife does it more. Maybe three or four times a month. So I like it. Um, saw my kid today, went into school, and I took him out to lunch to McDonald's. And I took him out to lunch to McDonald's. I'm going to get to McDonald's in a second. Today was the book fair at my child's school. And let me tell you something, that demands something that we call a quick sidebar. Okay, quick sidebar. Book fairs have aged beautifully. You might remember them back in the day if you're an 80s kid, maybe 70s kid, 90s kid. There's this day. It's a fair. It's a festival. It's a gala of books. And uh, a lot of different ways you'd go about it. You could go in and the, the gym or maybe the cafeteria is just turned into Mardi Gras. A Mardi Gras of choose your own adventures and Fear Street and Goosebumps and Sweet Valley High and Babysitter's Club or Super Fudge or Ramona. It's just so fun. It's 31 flavors and ice cream, it's books. They've aged great. I was at a child's book fair today in the gym and it's just all set up and not a lot has changed. There's tables, there's the bookshelves, there's a couple of moms who are volunteering over at like the checkout area, and the kids love it. I'm so happy to tell you that these little kids who were born in 2013 are freaking out about the books. And they're not looking for the tablets, and they're not begging for their phones. They're running over their friends being like, look at this one, look at this one, this one's better. Oh, did you see that section over there has Halloween books because it's scary time. It's so great. It is beautiful. They're still here. 
I remember I used to get like those tiny little newspapers that they would have where you could see like the upcoming book fair, what was going on, and you could circle what you want. And I would be into this type of book and that book. And there was a book called Hatchet that it was like a Hatchet walked so that Castaway with Tom Hanks could run. And I got it at the book festival. And I'll tell you something else. I am fully behind the movement for adult book fairs. Adult book fairs right now. I mean, you have a night out and you put it somewhere. I don't know if it's a, it's, it's a bar or a restaurant back room or something. But line up books there. We'll have drinks. We'll have past appetizers. And everybody comes with the understanding you're going to buy a few books. And it's not just the same old BS where you're sitting around a bar or you're at somebody's dinner party talking about whatever. You go to a venue, there are drinks there, there's beer, there's wine, and there's books, and you relive that childhood memory and all that nostalgia of picking out your favorite book, and your mom says you can get one, or maybe even two, and you go home with a book, and you read, and if you want to dovetail that off to like a text chain where you get the same book and do like a virtual book club, fine, but I want to go to an adult book festival with beer, with crab cakes, and with books, and I think it needs to take the the spot currently filled by like ironic adult kickball leagues, things like that. And I want the unironic, earnest adult book festivals. If you have one, invite me. I will come. They've aged beautifully, guys. You got to keep doing them. That's it. Quick sidebar. Let's get back to what's hilarious. I got that off my chest. The kids are having a blast. They're having an absolute blast. Meanwhile, what's hilarious? I mentioned McDonald's. All right. Breaking news, uh, the McRib uh, is back. You probably roll your eyes. But McDonald's now is getting cute with it. Here we go. McDonald's tweets, the McRib is coming back on October 31st. But this is its farewell tour. Is it McDonald's? Is it? They claim it. They're going to put the McRib up to that great golden arches in the sky. And they're done with the McRib. This feels a lot like one of these cute little things that all these restaurants do. And what was it, the one where IHOP? So, yeah, we're getting out of the pancake, pancake game. IHOP. No more pancakes. We're going to sell burgers now. It's going to be IHOP, International House of Burgers. And certain people are like, what? This is crazy. And sure enough, that's like, that's not what they were doing. Is the McRib really gone? Um, I Sometimes I'll drive past the sign. Back, especially when they used to have a lot more of the marquees with the letters on it. They don't have that much anymore. If... The real old school, you know, when they used to have the rolling dial of like 88 billion people served. Then they went to the regular marquee. And sometimes you'd be driving past the marquee and it would say, McRib is back! When they would use at least one exclamation point. And the idea here was that you would swerve across traffic to pull into McDonald's so you could get your pork sandwich. I'm just going to put a hand up. I've never had a McRib. Never. I've never had it. I've been to McDonald's hundreds of times. Never had a McRib. And my impressions of it are, I remember I used to think when I was a kid, how do you eat a rib sandwich? Like, how can it be a sandwich with all those bones in there? Because you can clearly see there are bones that the meat is clinging to within the sandwich. So do you have to bite around the bones? And then I learned, oh no, those aren't bones. That is pork pressed into a mold to create the appearance of rib bone. <laughs> so it's just so gross. And apparently you just bite through it. But when you look at the visual, it looks like a, like a little quarter rack of ribs across the sandwich. Those aren't bones. It's just pig meat pushed into a mold. So probably best after just saying that sentence, I will reconfirm that I've never had one. And at this point, I'm not going to. I know tastes change a lot from a kid to middle-aged to older. I just don't think I'm going to be sitting here talking to you guys when I'm 50, 60, 80, 90, and be like, you know, 
I finally wanted to try a McRib, especially since McDonald's says they're not coming back. But it opens up a bolder conversation. A, are you team McRib? I've had a shamrock shake. You bet your butt I've had a shamrock shake. I've had a couple of them. Seasonal treat, but I've not had a McRib. It opens up a larger conversation. Apparently there's, I guess, millions of people who like the McRib. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep bringing it back. What is something that a lot of people like, have enjoyed or experienced, talk about, follow, etc., that you've never done? You just missed out on this. For me, it's a McRib. Another one, I've never seen a Fast and the Furious movie. Never. Never one of them. Not a single one. Not the Paul Walker ones. Not the one with The Rock or Michelle Rodriguez or wasn't Ronda Rousey in one of them. I don't know. I've, I've never seen one of them. I just kind of missed the first one and then I was off that train. And I'm not against them at all. I just It's just not my thing. People are surprised by that. I watch a lot of dumb movies, but like I've just not seen one of those. So we asked. We asked you, the Kyle Brandt Basement faithful, what's something that people are so in on that you've never even so much as tried? Let's see the responses. Major Matt says, never had a Red Bull or Monster Energy drink. Who needs any of that when coffee exists? That's a big one. I, I wonder how old you are, Major Matt, because Red Bull became prevalent uh, 25 years ago. Let's call it 20-ish years ago when I was in college. And now it's just, it's, shoot, man, it's practically Coca-Cola in America. It's at every single gas station, every single mini-mart ever. There's a Red Bull Monster Energy drink. It's funny that you say, who needs any of that when coffee exists? We got another one that says I never had coffee. Coffee is a thing where you, once you go to it, it it's difficult to go back both in the caffeine sense of it and also just the morning ritual part of it. If you haven't had coffee, I wouldn't start. It's a disgusting cup of mud that you pour in your, in your system and it's caffeine and it's, it dyes your teeth. It's, it's gross. If you haven't done it, don't do it. I drink coffee every day, but it is gross. Next, who else had something that people are in on that they just haven't gotten to? Oh, Uncle Nate says, I've never eaten at Cheesecake Factory. All right, I mean, I can see that. I didn't start going to cheesecakes until I was maybe in my 20s when I was in high school and I would go to Olive Garden a lot. Cheesecake Factory is fine. People, the, the, the jokes that people make are obviously the size of the menu, which is just hilarious. It's the Old Testament. They, I, they, they got everything on there. I think you can get chop suey, sushi, any, anything you want. Like, they have it there. And it's good. It's fine. It's pretty expensive for the quality you're getting. But it's got that fake quality to it. Like, they put something on it. I have a feeling I know it's probably salt, sugar, and butter. That just makes it taste really good. You could do a lot worse. I don't frown on Cheesecake Factory at all. It, it works. Next. I can't believe yet. All right. This is the one I was thinking. This guy who's the Elijah Neal. He says he's never seen Breaking Bad. My wife's never seen Breaking Bad. And she's not interested in watching it. There's certain things in it that make her uncomfortable. And I've tried to get her to watch it for a decade. And she's just out. I rewatched Breaking Bad recently. I've talked about this on the show. It's not start to finish as perfect as you think. That's my take on it. The ending is perfect. The last two seasons are perfect. The beginning is a lot of the Walter Jr. and a lot of Skyler. And they're at the table and there's a lot of marital discourse. It's just a little stressful. But you should see Breaking Bad. It's still, I think, the most entertaining TV show ever made. Entertaining. Sopranos is amazing. Game of Thrones. But The Wire, Breaking Bad, entertaining. Next. Let's go through these. These are fun. Um, we got Josh Allen coming up momentarily. I'm sure he's loving that he's waiting for this. All right, this guy says DJ and KC. The sitcom Seinfeld. Never seen Seinfeld. A show about nothing with annoying, whiny characters and inside jokes that aren't funny. No soup for me, thank you. That was kind of you had to be there. I, if you turn on Seinfeld now, you're like, what is this? This is stupid. The sitcom seems so dated as a format. and It's these four characters who are always complaining about things. I, I see where you're coming from. 
it reminds me of like Josh Allen did not like the movie Princess Bride. It's just it's before his time. It's some things are just Seinfeld is a very quality funny show, but if it annoys you, I get it. What else? Do we have any more? What's the next one? People things things people are in on that you'd have never tried. Devin Holmes is gonna just dunk on us all here and say, I don't put butter on my food. Never have. This one's a little complicated because Devin, you've eaten a lot of butter in your life, whether you know it or not. Go to the Cheesecake Factory, go to any restaurant, it's just loaded with butter. Now, if you're going to tell me that you don't spread butter on your mashed potatoes or your baked potato or your dinner roll, that's kind of on you. It's unbelievably delicious. In fact, like butter is better than any of these other things people are missing out on. Butter is definitely better than McRib. Butter is better than Breaking Bad. That's a take. Tweet that out. Uh, you should try butter, Dev, unless you're allergic or something. And then lastly, let's do one more. And then we got to go. We got to get to Josh. This guy, oh man, this is a war and peace here. This guy, NW, says... I've never watched a whole basketball game start to finish. I just can't do it. Just like merengues, meringues? Yeah, meringues, not meringues, the dance. Just like meringues, marshmallows, and cotton candy are too blandly, sickeningly sweet to enjoy, basketball is just too much of the same stuff over and over and over again. Did you watch football? It's, you huddle, you three seconds, you huddle, three seconds. It's extremely repetitive. I once went to a soccer game I was in South America, I was in Brazil, and I was talking to this Brazilian guy, and we were at a soccer game, and I said, ah, I just can't get into soccer, the action's just too slow, it's just not enough action for me. And he goes, the football, all you guys ever do is just start and stop. The second you start something, it stops. And I was like, it's kind of an interesting take, I've never thought of it before. I like basketball, I like butter, I like meringues, I like Breaking Bad, I don't like the McRib, and apparently this is my last chance to get it. Oh, McDonald's, you dogs, you! Uh, I gotta get to a guy, I don't know if he's ever had a McRib, I'm not gonna ask him, I'm gonna ask him about his bye week. This is our guy, um, he's here, coming out of the bye week, going into Packer week, you know who it is, let's roll it. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And there he is. That's our guest. It's the only guest we have. We only have one guest in the basement. It's the same guest every time. And it's Josh Allen off the bye week. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Just hanging out. Um, you know, I love love coming on here. So um, I got some good thoughts, too, on the movie we watched, Point Break. So I'm, I'm excited oh to get to that. All right. I'm so thrilled because I, I was nervous that it wasn't going to go over well. We're going to get to the Point Break review and we'll get into all of this. It's great to see the posters behind you. It means you're back in Western New York from California. Um, how are you feeling? What's going on? What have you been doing since you got back in town? Yeah, we got in Sunday night. Uh, we had a Halloween party last night for the team. So I'm rocking the stash right now. Um, so we, we threw a little Halloween party. It was a pretty good turnout. Guys had fun. That's that's all that matters. So you are rocking the stash, and I, we just—I'm just, just going to say—we we have a photograph here that apparently was put on the World Wide Web. 
and I, this is apparently the costume uh, that is you and Brittany. T- talk yeah. us through this. What are we? Are we doing a Great Gatsby thing? What is this? Yes, yeah. So we were we were, we were Jay Gatsby and Daisy, and I thought it was fitting given we were the hosts of the party last night. So um, yeah. made made some sense and got to give out some some trophies. I'm the judge, jury, and executioner of the costume contest. Uh-huh. And uh, we had some we had some good prizes last night. So and there were some really good costumes too. So who do we got? I imagine a lot of teammates were there. Like who showed up and showed out? Um, number one prize went to to Mitch Morris and his wife Caitlin. He uh, yeah. he was the bearded lady from The Greatest Showman, and she was the Greatest <laughs> Showman. So it was it was it was awesome. He they went all out. Um, Mike and Amanda Hyde they go all out every year. They were Frankenstein uh-huh. last night. Case and Kimberly Keenum were went crazy. Um, Dawson Knox was uh, okay. semi pro. He was uh, well, oh, he was blanking right now. Jackie the, Moon, the Will Ferrell character. On that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, player owner Jackie Moon. He was yeah. It was, so man, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, basically, everybody on the team came out and, and uh, had a good time. You know, I expected you to have this sort of bi-week glow, but Josh, am I right here that it was a late night last night? Was there an after party? Was there like a Denny's run? Like, how did the night end? Yeah, I mean, we had a bunch of food catered um, from a, a, a place called The Grange here, which, you know, everybody loves. Um, we had not too many people come over after uh, to our house, but there was a fire pit and may or may not have been some cigars involved. So uh, we, 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 we did it good. It's very cool. That's a great night. Uh, shout out to Sky in the background. I'm sure she enjoyed uh, the party as well and the fire pit. It's great. And you're back. And now, like, I feel like you crushed the bye week. Aside from the party, Josh, I know you were in California last time we talked. What was the highlight of your bye week? I'd say the highlight was taking Sky to the dog beach in Huntington. She got to run around for a couple hours and she got to meet my sister's dog for the first time, who's also Silver Lab. So, uh, they broed it up pretty hard. Um, yeah, that that was that was fun just to sit back and, and watch her go crazy. And uh, it was just kind of cool. Me and Britt were sitting there and all of a sudden Sky would just kind of follow one family and walk for 100 yards and then mm-hmm. she'd grab another family and walk back another 100 yards. So she had a she had a blast. We, we called it Sky Week, not by week. So it was basically all about Sky. Oh, my God, that's great. It was you had you had your Sky Week. Let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going to push it. Are you and Britt? You love Sky. Did Sky have a Halloween costume, or will she for Halloween? She will for Halloween. Um, I don't know what she's going to put her in, but she ordered something on Amazon. So, oh, I can't wait. Who knows? Um, we can't wait. Sky's Halloween costume. It's like one of these celebrity babies or something, except it's Sky. I love it. We'll be waiting for it. I have to ask you an important health question, Josh. Last time we talked, you had just played the Chiefs, and you had hurdled someone. After the bye week and the sky week, how is the butt bruise? Butt bruise is almost gone. Uh, working through it still. It was a little, little stagnant today, but we're yeah, we're getting through it. So um, it's 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 gone down. I appreciate you for asking about that. Of course, of course, you're an old school guy, and we had also talked about hurdling and jumping. And I'm like, yeah, I remember when you did it as a rookie over the Vikings, and you're like, no, I did one when I was at Reedley College, and like 12 seconds after our last interview, dude. Somebody sent us the video. You had one year as a Ridley, Col- Ridley College Tiger. Josh, watch this video and take us through it. This is you when you're 18. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, so Fresno city was actually a junior college, which um, I contemplated going to. Uh, they've, they've had a lot of success in the past and decided to go to Reedley. And this was kind of like a homecoming game for me because most of my friends and family are from the Fresno area. Um, so quite a bit of people in the stands there. And again, I just trying to make a play. I didn't realize that uh, that linebacker tried to hit me pretty hard and he, he yeah. kind of took the, the end of that stick. Excuse my <laughs> you have to sometimes. It's fine. Um, I look at this and look, we've talked a lot about your career, come out of high school and college and finding your way to Wyoming. At this point in, in your really college experience, like as you're midair or in this night, is your path starting to become clear? Like, do you know where you're headed next or are you still just playing at junior college? I mean, I, I always knew that I had it in me. I always knew that I was a, a Division One quarterback, um, and I was just trying to go out there and, and prove it to everybody else to just try to get a, a scholarship, you know. So I, I, I always felt like I knew what I was doing. Um, many people around me may, may have not believed that, but I, I kind of knew what I was doing. Do you ever take a moment to just say, like, how do you like me now? Are you not entertained? Like you're you're leading the league in passing. You're a front runner for MVP. You're having cigar parties with your teammates on your bye week. Like and nobody wanted you. Have you done it? Do you still do the how do you like me now? I mean, I, I do it in a way where it's it's not framed that way. It's more of like, dude, I was in I was in junior college not too long ago. You know, so I, I'm yeah. I'm gonna enjoy playing this game. I'm gonna enjoy being able to to play and, and, and live life um, this way and, and to do something I, I freaking love to do. Every single day I get to wake up and go into a facility that's full of dudes that I consider my brothers and, and some of my best friends, and I get to freaking play football for a living. Like, it's, it's, it's the coolest job in the world to me, and it's everything that I've always wanted, um, you know. And there's, there's, there's some pros, there's cons, but the pros ultimately heavily outweigh the cons in this, in this job bracket. And, uh, Again, I, I try not to take things too seriously because I know it could be taken away in a split second. So I, I try to enjoy it and have as much fun as I can. You're a lot of fun to watch, man. Um, and I know you love ball. You're in the bye week. Did you watch football Sunday? Um, I golfed early and we flew back Sunday. So I watched most of it. Um, I watched the 1 o'clock slate. I know Chris Hansen shouted me out. That was pretty cool. Um, or Scott, Scott Hanson, not Chris Hanson. Oh, no. Was it Chris, Chris Hanson's to catch well, a predator? Okay, yes, Scott Hanson. Oh, man, that's – Scott Hanson shouted me out, the not, yeah. not the other one. We, we, yeah. um, I know that. Scott Hanson, dude. Everybody is constantly calling him Chris Hanson, and I'm sure – I don't know Chris Hanson, but I'm sure people are like, dude, the Octobox. And you're like, he's like, no, I'm with the Predators. So Scott Hanson yeah. shouted you out at the top, which is awesome. Um, yes. What did you think? Like, what stood out from you from the one o'clock window? Anything you liked? Um, I mean, there was a couple couple upsets. Obviously, teams that that weren't supposed to win won. Uh, you look yeah. at the Panthers, and I did see the stat. Like, right, it was Taylor Heineke and um, PJ Walker starting games yeah. in the XFL a couple of years ago, and they come out and they beat you know Tom and Aaron, who are Tom and Aaron. So I thought that that was a pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you call that a stat or just a, a matter of coincidence, yeah. but uh, to have like that, again, that's, that's pretty cool for those guys who didn't know where their career was two or three years ago. And now they're back on the biggest stage playing some, some good football. It's incredible. 
Let's talk again about your boy Dayball. Six and one. And everybody here, I live around Giants fans. I'm in the suburbs outside of New York. And I think they're all surprised. And when you say, how are, you, how are, you, how are they doing it? How are they six and one? Everyone's not really sure. What is it about him? Because it's one thing to go off to a good start, dude. Six and one is something else. Why is Dable doing this? You know him. Well, I think he's, he's one, a leader of men. And I think guys respect him and, and the person he is. And they want to play harder for him. I think, two, he allows, you know, his coaching staff to coach and, and do things their way. I, I know they brought in um, the D.C. from Baltimore for the last couple of years in Wink. And yeah. their defense is, is really freaking good. And they got some young guys playing really well. Um, and then you got, you know, Dan, Daniel taking care of the football and you got Saquon doing what he does. Um, so, yeah, they again, they're playing some really good football right now. And again, I think Dable just being kind of like, a, like I said, that leader of men has these guys playing at a very high level, playing for each other. And uh, it's good to see him have so, so much success early on. And um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. The natural thing that people do when Daniel Jones is on the field or in his practice week is your name comes up a lot because of the connection to Dable. Do you know him? Have you ever talked to Daniel Jones about coach or just even about ball? Yeah, we, we've talked quite a few times. Um, we have the same, same agent, um, same financial guy. So we're very intertwined uh, in, in terms of that. So when Dable first kind of got the job, I, I was with him, I think, at the Super Bowl. Um, and just like, dude, you're going to love him like here's some little tidbits for his offense. Like he's going to be awesome for you. Make sure you tell him stuff you like stuff you don't like. And I know they got to, um, their OCs calling the plays, but to have that relationship with your, your head coach, um, you know, it makes things a lot easier. So yeah, he's Dan, Danny's Daniel's awesome. You know, Danny Dimes is what everybody calls him, but yeah. uh, DJ is what a lot of people call him. So he's, he's a great dude. Um, and he's playing some good football right now. It really is. They just can't lose. It's really cool to watch. It's just so unexpected. And the Jets are good. It's, it's just, it's fun around this, this area. In the meantime, you are an AFC East lifer. You also grew up watching ball throughout, like, the heart of the Belichick dynasty. As a Bills guy, what is it like to see the Patriots struggling so badly? Um, I mean, it's, it's the league. It's, it's hard to win you know, consistently yeah. in this league. And, um, you know, I got no doubt though that, you know, they've got to be one of the best coaches of all time to ever coach, you know, he's going to get things right and they're going to get things rolling. And um, again, the first few weeks of the season, it's so hard to kind of tell what a team is as you get into like this middle chunk and towards the end team starting to play hot. It's just really about getting out at the right time. So you take it with a grain of salt right now, because again, of who they got over there and the guys that they have in that locker room um, and how much success that they've had over the last X amount of years, man. So um, you can't, you can't take anybody lightly in this league. And again, it's a, it's a week to week league and anybody can beat anybody any, any given Sunday. Yeah. The dumbest thing you can do is say the Patriots are done and Belichick is washed because he's not. And I would say the same thing about your next opponent. It's Packer week. Let's talk about Rogers for a sec. Uh, Rogers, such a unique guy, and I've gotten to spend some time with him in the past. I love talking to him. He's a hilarious texter, like just an original thinker. What are your impressions of Aaron Rodgers, the guy? He, I, I freaking love the dude. Um, yeah. And 
we, we've got some common friends and obviously we played in the match together and we've played in the Tahoe tournament right. the last couple of years. Um, I, I freaking love, I love his sense of humor. I think it's, uh, very dry. And again, kind of like the, the movies that he watches, I think are typically on par with what I watch, but he's just, he's himself. And that's, he's always been that way. He's never going to not be himself. And it's refreshing again, when, when guys just, they stick to their guns and, um, at the end of the day on the football field too, it's still Aaron freaking Rogers and, know. you know, 12 12 is a bad man when, when he gets things rolling and, um, Anytime he steps on the field, you don't know what could happen. I would be remiss not to bring this up in the basement in the context of, of our relationship, dude. But um, one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite movies ever made, maybe his single favorite movie, is a movie called The Princess Bride that was part of the Josh Allen Film Festival during which you literally fell asleep and gave it a C, which it's fine. I respect it. What would be your response to hearing that that's Aaron's favorite movie ever? It wouldn't surprise me. Why? Aaron, Aaron is, he is who he is, man. And that's, yeah. that's kind of his humor. It was super, super, super dry, a little bit out there, but um, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me. That's his favorite movie. Not for me. Though. Um, there may be a conversation on the field between the two of you, not about Bill's Packers, but about uh, the, the Dread Pirate Roberts and Buttercup. So just come ready. Cause he may call you out on that. Yeah. In the meantime, um, going into this game, you know, they lost last week. They're, they're struggling to win. His take was no one's going to give us a chance against Buffalo. This is national TV. We could get exposed and this might be the best thing for us as a team. What's your response when you hear that? Again, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just trying to put our best foot forward, have a good week of practice, but at the end of the day, it's like I said, it's Aaron Rodgers. So it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback that ever played the game. I got so much respect for him, you know, on and off the field. Um, it's Aaron Rodgers, man. It is. I, I think, listen, I love you. I love watching you play. You're a lot younger than he is right now. Rodgers is the best I've ever seen in my life. I've been watching football since the 80s. I've never seen somebody better. I asked you this with Mahomes last week about what would you take from his game? And you were talking about the arm angles that he does that are so crazy. What's something that Rodgers does that you're like, man, I wish I could do it exactly like him. Yeah, I think rolling to his left, Aaron is so deadly. And again, like yeah. rolling to your left as a right-handed quarterback is, is a pretty difficult thing to do, but he does it with so much ease. Like one play that comes into my mind was against the Dallas Cowboys where um, I forget the tight end. He made that like Michael Jackson catch, like on the sideline, the tiptoes in the, the playoff game. But again, he yeah. rolled to his and left and just threw an – Jared Cook, he threw an absolute laser like on a line – 40 yards downfield and like yeah. it's still so impressive to, to think about that throw and how it got there and that the timing the placement and given the circumstance of that game they needed a field goal you know with three seconds left or whatever it was to win a game um he does that i think better than anybody that's ever played the game and again you can you can make an argument for him and what he's done statistically all this and that He's so fun to watch. He's someone that I tried to emulate my game after, you know, as a kid watching, watching Aaron and Tom, those were the two guys that I just consistently watched. I think anybody that's a young quarterback is going to say those two because of the sustained success that they've had. Um, but man, on the field, I mean, you can't, you can't argue with it. It's, it's impressive to watch him play. I agree, man. We're going to get to Josh's point break review in one minute. Last question about Rogers. is kind of interesting, Josh, your rookie year, it was your third start ever. 
It was against Green Bay. It did not go your way that day. You lost 22 to nothing. And I remember you've talked about before about like how important it is to find the quarterback after the game. What do you remember about playing him that day? And do you remember on the field afterwards when the two of you guys came together? Oh, I mean, the game was, was bad. I, there's some bonehead plays, not protected myself very well. Um, throwing a couple up in the middle. Um, yeah, that was, that was a tough start, honestly. Like, again, that, and that defense was rolling, you know. And, yeah, it was. Uh, after that game, I don't really remember talking to him much. It was just like, hey, congrats, like, stay healthy on the rest of the yeah. season, which is kind of normal. Um, but we saw him in the preseason a couple of years ago. And like before pregame, it was like pregame, and we were talking about like left foot back, right foot back, like when he uses his foot pop. And I was just trying to pick his brain a little bit. So um, that was preseason. So I don't know if he's going to give me any tidbits in the regular season. Well, I know he's a big fan of yours. And so I can't wait to see the two of you guys come together. Like I said, um, Princess Bride might come up. So I want you to be prepared. Let's go to the Josh Allen 2022 Film Festival. Josh has watched several films that were out before he was born. Here's the grade all the way from Shawshank to an A, A minus, he gets a B, and then on the upper right corner, The Princess Bride, which is a beloved movie from 1987. Just Josh wasn't feeling it. He gave it a C. He said, I can't get higher than a C. Josh, have you taken any heat? Has anyone approached you or anything about your review of The Princess Bride, which I respect. Has anyone done that? Yeah, not personally. I I did see some hate on uh, social media. Um, mostly sure. replying to, to your tweet that you put out there. But, yep. you know, I think there's a lot of people that agreed with me, too. I, I can't say it's a unanimous home run movie. And I think that's what, uh, again, there's going to be, you can't make everybody happy 50-50, flip of the coin. Those people are going to be happy. And then uh, 50% are going to agree with me on this one. So it is what it is. It's the Josh Allen Film Festival. It's not the Twitter Film Festival. It's that's right. That's right. Film, it's whatever he wants, Josh. But here we go. Before we let you go, Josh, the latest installment uh, of the Josh Allen Film Festival was 1991's Point Break, a film that sounds a little bit like this. You mad? Yeah, I'm mad! Good and mad! Yeah! What do you want to do about it? It feels good, doesn't it? Like you're still alive, right? Yeah! All right, Josh, I'm a little nervous, but it's your thing. Um, What did you think in your first ever viewing of Point Break? I really, really liked it. I think it's a, a total bro movie. It's like, it again, you get Johnny Utah, who's named after yep. Joe Montana. It's obvious, right? Everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> and then Bodie. Bodie, you kind of you kind of root for him there at the end. And he gets that last wave, uh, which, again, but it, like there's so much similarities. I, like I said, I try to kind of mix and match these movies. It was like Fast yeah. and Furious, like they're, the OG Fast and Furious. You get this really tight banded group of you know friends slash family that are normal people on the outside but they're just kind of doing some bad things you get a guy that infiltrates them he's a secret agent he's going undercover um so the similarities between that and the original fast and furious um were up there but i think i mean especially where fast and furious has gone i think i I like to point break a little bit better like i think again like you can just turn it on with with the with the boys and and I'm not saying nobody else can, uh, sure, you know, enjoy this movie, but like it's just it's a classic bro movie, and I appreciate that. I'm so. so I'm, I'm going to go. That. I'm going to go B. I got to give it a B plus. I really do. I I'll take it. Was awesome. it. I'll, I'll take it. Um, indulge me, Josh. This is wheelhouse for you. Kind of inexplicably, in the middle of the film, 
outbreaks a beach football game with headlight yeah, lighting just, yeah. and it's Bodie versus Utah. Dude, tell me your thoughts on the football game and Utah's quarterback. What do you got? <laughs> well, again, it's at night. These guys are in jeans and in yeah. tennis shoes on the beach. Like, <laughs> um, but dude, I thought, I thought, uh, it was awesome, but it was like, so it was like, so top gun, right. Instead of volleyball, yes. it was football. Yes. And that's just like kind of the, the genre in that time period. Like they just wanted to be on the beach and show some cool action shots, but it didn't look like it was very great football being played. Not the best. At one point, Utah does make a pretty sweet play fake. Um, did you catch that? And as a professional, did you respect it? Well, I, res- I respected it. I just didn't. Like er- earlier in the movie, right? Or I don't know if it was earlier or later. He goes yeah. down. He's chasing the bad guys. And he drops down. And yeah. He hurts his knee again. Where was yep. the knee pain on the beach? You know? So yeah. that's one part that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. There's a lot, including like they jump out without a parachute and everything. But Josh, yep. never mind. Like I'm so pleased and I'm so happy that you liked the film. Um, it's time to go get ready for the Packers. But before you do, we have to assign the next film in the series. And I got to tell you, since it's Halloween week, we are going to go with scary slash horror movies. Josh, these are the choices in front of you. There's six. Just peruse them. What do you think when you see these? Because I'm going to just let you pick. Talk out loud. What do you think? Yeah, I've seen Silence of the Lambs before. Okay. And I'm pretty sure The Shining, that's that's with, is that Jack Nicholas? Here's Johnny? Yep. yep. Okay. Um, I've never seen that. I know that clip, and I know it's a pretty famous mm-hmm. movie. So maybe maybe let's go with The Shining. All right. He's going to go with The Shining, ladies and gentlemen. It is a landmark that is movie. That is the oldest movie on the... By far. This is Stanley Kubrick, yep. Stephen King. Josh, The Shining... Uh, all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. That is your next film. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the week. Um, thank you. I'm glad bye week and sky week went incredible. Love the mustache. You're the guy. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Go Bills. I say it every week. That is our guy. We like a lot of guys. We like a lot of girls. Like a lot of people here. Fans of a lot of people in sports, movies, everything. Josh is our guy. And we'll see him next week. And we'll see him this weekend against the Packers. It's going to be fiery. It's going to be cool. It's going to be explosive. I cannot wait. Bill's Packers this weekend. Josh, you're always the best. We'll see you next week, my friend. Uh, Moving on, though. Dark time. You ready? I can't hit a basketball shot in this basement, but I can throw the dart at the board. Go to the Skycam. Go to the Skycam. We have 20 topics. Whichever number I hit, I will ad-lib something about that topic. The topic, I don't even know. Here it comes. Ready? That was pretty good. Guys, it's 18 or 4. That is... An 18. What is topic number 18, if you please? Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Come on now. Favorite childhood cartoon. Okay. I like the topic. That's, I'm imagining super producer Michael Flynn. Favorite childhood cartoon. I liked a lot of them. I definitely did some, um, I did these guys. I would do the, uh, the rescue rangers down there i like to chip and dale I found out recently that the reason the way you can tell them apart is that chip's nose is the appearance of a chocolate chip and that's why his name is chip somebody told me that and i, I i'm sure i believe it i also you might have seen the ninja turtles on there i like the ninja turtles cartoon a lot that was more when i was like in junior high and i was kind of growing out of cartoons um I'll tell you what it was my favorite childhood cartoon was gummy bears and you're thinking oh it's a candy hold on there was a cartoon called Gummy Bears where it had nothing to do with candy or 
these little gelatinous figures at all. They were real bears that lived in the woods, and they had some kind of enemy. I don't really remember, but they had this sweet thing that was called gummy berry juice, and it was in this little glass vial with a cork on top. And, I mean, it was kind of thinly veiled. It was like basically just a big bottle of steroids, and they would take it and have superpowers for a little while. And if they ever got in trouble, they would take the gummy berry juice, or if they were stuck in the briar patch and the old bull weevil or whatever was gonna corner them, whoever their enemy was, I don't remember, and they'd take the gummy berry juice and like be superheroes. And the other sweet thing about the gummy bear show was they had this underground transportation system that was like roller coasters. So they would go down to this little burrow and they had to either escape or just go about their work day. And they'd go on these series of roller coasters underneath the ground, it was so cool. And it was gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. It's a great theme song, which in the 80s was 90%. Just have a great theme song. It's a wrap. Gummy Bears is my favorite childhood cartoon. Oh my god, the cardio is going. I'm getting winded talking about gummy bear juice here on the Peloton. Thank you guys. Thank you, Josh Allen. Love you from the basement. I'm sucking wind. I'm out of here.